Hi, everyone. I'm Heaven. Me too. Okay. <laughs> okay, that I'm could not. get confusing <laughs> for me. Okay, that's Heaven. I'm Tracy. <laughs> and this is another round with Heaven and Tracy. <laughs> oh, that was a very triumphant. I don't know. We're doing stuff. I like it. We got a trumpet like for it. some reason. <laughs> <laughs> I found it for sale down the street. Um, so we have a little announcement to make. Mm-hmm. Um, we are busy, busy, busy out on the road, on the plains, zipping and zapping. Tour life, you know. <laughs> you know how it is. Y'all, <laughs> y'all know. <laughs> Yo, can't take us nowhere. I know. <laughs> but because we are so busy, mm-hmm. we're going to play an encore for you right now. Which encore is it? While we are on the road, you all will be listening to friend of the show, Anil Dash. Yay! So this episode comes to us from January 2016. (laughs) 2016. (laughs) Nina, leave this in. (laughs) I hate you guys. (laughs) You say it, damn it. No, I can't do it either. All right. Okay. So this episode is from January 2016. Which definitely does feel a little like the before times. Oh, <laughs> before gosh. y'all blow president. BT or B-Y-L-P. Before y'all's little president. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? Some things have remained the same. Mm. For example, we in this episode have a conversation with Anil about Aziz Ansari's show, Master of None, mm-hmm. which has now had a second season. True. And people are still talking about the racial dating dynamics in there. It's still a thing. Yes. <laughs> A lot to talk about. Yep. And we also asked Anil if he, at the time, was surprised that Trump had gotten so far in his political career. Um, <sighs> unfortunately relevant. <you> know? <laughs> also, uh, men are still trash. And I feel like Anil is a, a good person to talk mm. about men with. Yeah. You know what they say? The only constants in the world <laughs> are change and men being trash. Yes. I read that in Buddhism. <laughs> <laughs> I just that's so funny. <laughs> so yeah, here's the episode. Hope you enjoy it. And we miss y'all already. I know. Have a mango for us. Oh. Hi everyone, I'm Heaven. I'm Tracy. And welcome to another round with Heaven and Tracy. Yay. The crowd goes crazy. Oh my god. Oh my god. I can't even believe you guys it. are the what do best. I do? What do I do? What? what do I do? I don't know. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, why would the crowd be saying that? <laughs> Anyways. Hi, Heaven. Hi, Tris. How are you? Uh, I missed your face. Ta-da, here it is. Aww. Got two cheeks. Look at it. I'm yeah. so excited for today's show. Same. Why are you excited? So first of all, we have a What Had Happened Was uh, Childhood Edition. That's <laughs> 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 a little story. Baby Heaven. Baby Heaven. I'm excited. And then we're going to talk to OG internet dude Anil Dash. He's a longtime friend of the show, but this is the first time we're having him on. We're so excited. Yes. He's also the co-founder of MakerBase, a New York City startup. Always all up in the tech scene, but one of the things I really love that he did recently was he only retweeted women for a year, Mm. which God bless. I mean, that's a great way to instantly improve your social media life. Instantly. Smart. So we're excited to talk to him. All right, Tracy, what happened was... Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I love it when you do what happened was. Okay, so this is the story of how I bust my head open. <laughs> First of all, I love it when black people say that. When they, all, they always talk about somebody's head being busted. This Neither really happened. You that damn house, you're going to bust your head open. Then you're but be I'm, there the, I'm the evidence in this story <laughs> that your grandma warns you about. I did bust my head open. Oh my okay, so let me set the scene. I'm in third grade. Oh, little baby heaven. And they pulled me aside to go into the teacher's lounge because my mom had been asking about this gifted kids program. Mm-hmm. I was like, at the time, honestly, I was just like, mom, <laughs> I'm not gifted. I just get bored sometimes. <laughs> so I was just like, I get to go in the teacher's lounge. <laughs> I want to go. And I went. 
I was so excited. I was so hyped. Uh-huh. You know how when you're a kid and it's like, even if you see like your teacher at like the grocery store, it's yeah. like, what are they doing uh, here? Yeah. They have a life yeah. outside the school. So like the teacher's lounge in my mind was like this mythical place where like things mm-hmm. happened for teachers. I don't know what. <laughs> was it the room? Oh my God, Tracy, <laughs> we got to chill. We got to chill with the Hamilton. <laughs> I am such an obnoxious kid. <laughs> I keep rocking back and forth in my chair. <laughs> I'm distracted. I'm just like, what is this shit? <laughs> Why am I doing this? <laughs> she explicitly said, don't rock back on your chair. Uh-huh. I was rocking back in my chair and I fell. Mm. I hit the cabinet behind me. Ouch. But, you know, when kids, they're mass sprightly and shit. Yeah. <laughs> so I just bounced back. I'm like, oh, I'm chill. And she had this look on her face like, oh, my uh, God. Oh, no. I was like, yo, calm down. I'm fine. <laughs> And I had, I was just like, it's just a little bump on my head. And I touched my head, uh-huh. like at the very top of my oh head. Oh my God. And then I put my hand down and there's blood on it. <laughs> I was like, oh, Did you maybe, fall apart? Maybe I'm not, maybe I'm not fine. <laughs> What's happening? What was, wait, how was your hair like styled? Oh my God. You know, the struggle back in the day mm-hmm. <laughs> when I didn't know about products. Ponytails and stuff. At that time, I was doing a lot of braids, uh-huh. uh, box braids. So there wasn't like any padding between like your head and the nah. cabinet. Ugh. Yeah. So the teacher's freaking out. I can clearly tell. <laughs> it's just like, oh, she's done something wrong. Teachers don't really respond like this usually. <laughs> so she's like, fuck. <laughs> because I went to a public school. They're like, go to the nurse's office. <laughs> that was her solution. So I was like, all right. My head's bleeding, but okay. <laughs> Y'all don't think we should get a little more? <laughs> but I realize for a while after I'm sitting there that their whole strategy is just wait till the end of the day. Oh my God. <laughs> so my parents get there and my parents going to come sooner because they're working immigrant people. Right, right. So I was like, wait, I think, <laughs> I think I'm just going to sit here for hours. <laughs> and that's what happened. Oh my gosh. In that time, my childhood crush walked by. <laughs> So, you know, when you're in the nurse's <laughs> office, everyone's like, ooh, what happened? Right, right, right. <laughs> and you know how every childhood crush has like a crazy name like Chad Padachevsky or some shit, you <laughs> right, know, like right. some random shit. Uh, I'm not going to say his name because I don't want y'all to Google him, oh, but it, it approximates a Pad Chevsky. Oh, my God. <laughs> Whatever I just said a few seconds ago. <laughs> I think I'm thinking of a, a playwright, actually. <laughs> I'm That's thinking of hilarious. a famous playwright, TV playwright. So Patty Chayefsky walks by. Oh, my gosh. He's like this like super blonde white guy. Uh-huh. They didn't have many of those <laughs> in the elementary school <laughs> I went to. I was just like so always confused by him. He's like, Evan, what are you doing here? <laughs> uh, I don't know. Something happened with my head. <laughs> this whole time, I'm so nonchalant about it. I just felt like so special that he like peeked uh, into the nurse's office you, and of course the nurse was just like in the corner doing nothing uh-huh. i was chilling uh-huh. i wasn't you know worried as i should have been <laughs> so finally end of the day happens my parents come we go to the hospital my i asked my sister about this story to just you know corroborate <laughs> what mm. i remember right and she's like yeah the car ride was so dramatic <laughs> Because everyone told us you can't let her fall asleep. Oh, like, oh my god! Yes. Oh my god! And gosh. she's like, heaven in that time. I was like, I was doing everything I could <laughs> to keep you entertained. <laughs> so she's telling me like all these stories and be like, yo, heaven, heaven, what's good? <laughs> so we make it to the hospital. Uh-huh. The, the doctor's like, yeah, she's cut pretty bad. She needs stitches. Oh my gosh! My sister's a troll. Oh, a troll. <laughs> And she told me, because it was really like straight up down the like middle of my head, oh like my a split. God. And she was like, I can see your brains leaking out. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, no. <laughs> so crucial context, I had like at that time just finished like ESL classes mm-hmm. and they had me with the regular kids. So that's also part of why I was like low-key skeptical of this gifted program. Uh-huh. So I was like, listen. I just fought my way through ESOL classes. Right. I want to be with the regular kids. <laughs> and I was like, I was proud of myself for learning English so quickly. Mm-hmm. And then she's like, your brains are leaking out. <laughs> oh, my God. I was like, oh, my God. What's about to happen? 
And then I also called my mom to corroborate this story. And you uh, know what she said? <laughs> what did she say? She said, I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> I was like, excuse me? She doesn't remember the entire incident? So I was like, yo, I, I want to make sure I got the facts straight about how our family handled this crisis. <laughs> Do you remember when I bust my head open as a child? <laughs> She's like, no. She's like, honestly, like, y'all have put us through a lot. I don't, I don't remember this one particular moment. And in oh that moment, God. honestly, I was like, yo, immigrant parents <laughs> have seen some shit. <laughs> she doesn't even remember. <laughs> Anyways, what had happened was my mom doesn't remember me breaking. <laughs> it's my whole head breaking. <laughs> So we are so excited to have Anil Dash in this dude. If you don't know him, he's an OG internet dude, uh, co-founder of MakerBase, a New York City startup, and an activist basically trying to fix the tech industry. That's me. Welcome. All the way from D.C. Oh, don't even treat me like that. You it's know been it 30 coming. seconds and now I'm already interviewed. <laughs> we have a running joke where we just assumed Anil lived in D.C. Because you're always not at a the great freaking joke. White House. That's always. Not, not always. I, I literally have been there a handful. So you can actually go How on many the times, sir. Okay. But that's, so have you. Once. Once. Uh, well, <laughs> that is not a handful. Anyways. <laughs> we were just hanging out with Valerie Jarrett. We just do that. <laughs> I mean. Uh, well, welcome to the show, Neil. Thank you. Thanks. Good Warm good welcome. I appreciate it. <laughs> I feel like no one really ever knows what you do. Yeah. I that's kind of by design. You just do a million things in tech. Yeah. Can you give people the short and sweet version of all short the things is hard. that you do? I've just been around a long time. And then I have a startup, MakerBase, and that's like... What IMDb is for people to make movies and TV, we are for people to make apps and stuff. Um, and then really what I realized, it took me a long time to realize it, is I, I love technology and I loved being in the tech industry when I did that. And now I sort of said, well, but there's a lot of stuff that's kind of broken and wrong and needs fixing. And I thought, uh, well, uh, I guess I better do it because nobody else is doing it. And so whether that's being you know writing or working in nonprofits or all the different stuff is like whatever it takes to get tech to see what is wrong and what needs to be fixed. That's what I want to be doing. Word. Mm. So that is the what do you do? Mm-hmm. Why do you do it? Oh, my goodness. Well, one, it's fun. Like I still I still geek out over tech. Like I still am like somebody's like, you got to check out this app. Or you got to go to this website. And it's still interesting to me. Like that's shocking to me because I, I was one. I was like a nerdy kid. So we had, you know, a computer when I was, I don't know, five. And I started, that's when I started coding and started playing with computers. And it's still, you know, interesting to me now. I did that for a long time. I mean, I used so to be So you're a like a seven-year-old coding. <laughs> yeah. But that's a, that was a thing. Like, if you were lucky enough in the 80s mm. to have parents who could, like, put a computer in front of you, you were very kind. There was actually a ton of resources. Like, you could go, we well, had bookstores back then. You can go and get a magazine. <laughs> and it would have, like, bookstores. type this code into your computer and you would just do it. And then exactly that. The implications of that, which is like the only people that I met in tech were people who were like, my parents had hundreds of dollars of disposable income mm-hmm. in 1982 to give somebody a computer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, oh, my gosh, that's us. We're, we are those people that had that level of like privilege. And we built all this stuff for ourselves. And what about everybody else? What did your parents do? Um, they both worked for the Pennsylvania Department of Transportation for 30 years. Mm. Um, my dad, uh, built highways and my mom worked in the DMV. Mm-hmm. And, um, actually, I mean, both their stories are incredible, you know, like all immigrants, but like my dad came and got his PhD in the sixties and helped work on the foundation for Disney world as a civil engineer. And what? Like, yeah, it's crazy. And like the, the airport, Hartsfield airport in Atlanta. And Wait, like, does he get like free? No, he doesn't get anything. He was a, he was like a junior engineer, like just out of school, but mm. like he worked on these things and <laughs> hey, was so trying like, to get a ticket to Disney. Yeah, the really. foundation upon which <laughs> it's built the swamp. That's why they're like, we need some good ass engineers, and he's like, yeah, I'm gonna go. And then it's like it's 1964, and he goes to Florida, and he's like, they won't let me go into this barbershop. Like I don't mm. know what's Whoop. going on, <clears throat> and he didn't know. So he's like, welcome to America. Here you Damn. are. Um, I know you've seen Master of None. I have. They have this great parents it. episode. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> same, same. Do you feel like you have 
uh, like the parents episode was all about, you know. Oh my gosh, the yeah. stories you learn it about your parents. Yeah. Man, that was pretty crazy what my dad was talking about, working at a zipper factory. I never knew that. You know something about your dad's backstory? I mean, I know the big points. He was poor, he was in another country, it was tough. Then he came here. I mean, you know, I got the gist of it. Wasn't that the gist of every immigrant story? That it was hard? Shouldn't you care a little more being that he's your dad? Yeah, but again, he doesn't talk much. I once found a photo of him in the military and he just goes, hard time. And then like walked into another room. It's pretty crazy. All of us first generation kids, we had these amazing lives. It's all because our parents made these crazy sacrifices. And we never thank them. Like we do nothing to thank them. Shouldn't we do something? Yeah, like a gift or something? I mean, what would I get my dad for a gift? He doesn't really have any interests. I mean, he likes drinking water, staying hydrated. I could get him a gallon of water as a gift. Is there such a thing as a water of the month club? Hey, what if we took him out to a nice dinner and learned more about their lives and just said thank you? Have your parents opened yeah, up? I mean, <laughs> Are yeah, they yeah, still my not folks talking? came to visit and I literally was like, I'm putting TV on, you're gonna watch this. And mm. they're like, we oh, don't. Oh, you watched it with them? Yeah, and they were oh. like, we don't want, my dad fell asleep. And because okay. <laughs> dad accurate, yeah, and and my mom was a little because like I actually forgot there's like a the scene where he's at, he's at that think coffee down on on Broadway and he was like he's doing a uh, audition and he's yelling like fuck fuck and I don't actually curse in front of my mother and so he's you know Aziz is like shouting you know obscenities at the top of his lungs and my mother's sort of like very like oh dear what is this thing you're making this lot? <laughs> and I was like no stick with it ma stick with it <laughs> and, and and then they get into the heartrending you know kill your chicken part which mm. if you haven't seen the episode there's a story of his friend who's saying you know uh his dad was forced when he was a kid to to kill the family chicken because they had to eat it for dinner and like I like it was a goat but like I know that story and everybody I know knows that story real yeah like that is the realest <laughs> like like yeah totally and so it was so resonant and I mean just so powerful of like there's an Indian dude on screen I waited my whole life mm. my whole life that one of us could be the star and have a sex scene and it's not played for a joke mm. and uh, put your parents on and treat them with respect and they're not played for a joke like just that much I didn't even care about the rest of it. Mm -hmm. Like it could have been like an eight minute show and been done on one episode. And I would have been like, we made it, Ma, we made it. Mm. So what did your mom think? Uh, she's like, that was nice. <laughs> you know, like, like, Yo, peak immigrant like, mom answer. Yeah, like Asian mom is not going to give you that much. <laughs> so, I mean, did that episode, watching that episode with your parents, um, did that spur any story sharing between no, you and them? No, because that's sort of what I do with them every time I'm like, tell me about the old country. Tell me about, <laughs> tell me about being an immigrant. And like, I create these narratives where I'm like this very dramatic, well, against the backdrop of immigration reform yeah. in the 60s. <laughs> this is how they got off a plane and yeah. made a life for themselves. And they're like, we went to work. We paid our bills. <laughs> like, we put you in diapers. Like, there's no, you mm. know, there isn't. Well, because immigrants just do it. Like, mm -hmm. I, I'm the one, I'm the first generation that had the, enough time to sit there and be like, well, what if I told a story? Mm. <laughs> yeah. Storytelling is a luxury. I to my parents yeah. um, over Thanksgiving break. Yeah. I didn't get anything out of them. Nothing, really? right? Right? And they're just like, we they're just like, got here and then we got to work. Like, for mm. example, I, my dad was also an engineer and I was like, I know you went to Europe for college for his master's because mm. at that time they had, they had yeah. interesting programs for that. I was like, what was that like? Living mm -hmm. in a completely different continent. And he's like, you know, I had a weird roommate. <laughs> yeah, no, I said to my dad, I was like, Still I was like, salty about it. That is such a you. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, you went, I was like, you went and you you knew that you studied and then you were working in Seattle and you know, did anything cool happen? He's like, well, I saw Hendrix once. I was like, what? You what? Yeah. And then and they'll casually drop something yeah, like that. Yeah. I was like, well, he's like, yeah, we saw Jimi Hendrix. I was like, what'd you think? He's like, it was good. <laughs> I was like, what? What is it? That, Not what? bad. NBD. Yeah. And then and on to the next. Like, I was like, what kind of life? And it's yeah. like this larger than life. Because like, especially the time my folks came here, like um, my dad came in 63. My mom came in 70 or 69. They couldn't even call home. Mm. You know, like there was no phones. Like my dad's village didn't get a phone until 1993. Mm. A satellite phone was one for the whole village. And they didn't, I mean, and like you couldn't write a letter home to his village. So he didn't talk to anybody he'd ever known in his entire life for the first couple of years he lived here. And I'm like, nah, if you went to the moon, you would have better connectivity. You'd be like, oh, let me right. time you. <laughs> you know? And it's like, so. Damn, you can't, it's true. Like just even understanding that you can't, I, I can't fathom it. 
So if you're saying that in Masters of None, you saw the best representation of you in a series, what is like the next best representation that you've seen? Oh my God, next best. I mean, there's like, Mindy Kaling's got her show and that's like, it's funny. Obviously it's exaggerated because it's comedy, but like, you know, she's like our Jackie Robinson in some ways. Like she got mm-hmm. a show and her name is on the title and she's a producer and like that's big. Because like coming up, you know, we had... There was a show head of the class back in the eighties and had a guy Jawar Halal, and it was like I mean Robin Givens was on. It was like uh-huh. hey Robin Givens, and then it's like they got an Indian guy, and you'd like look in the corner and be like oh wait, eight seconds of Indian dude, and I'm like, right, yeah. right, right. And he wasn't like he wasn't actively getting beaten up at the time, and I was like yes, mm-hmm. like that's our guy. And then for like fifteen years, the only primetime Indian is Apu, which is like Hank Azaria. Damn. And I was depressing. like, if we can get enough representation to where I can complain yeah. about it. I would be so happy. <laughs> like, let me get a terrorist up in here. Let me uh-huh. get like some. Let me get a computer nerd, something. And right. you know, and then and like, because they would put on like ER, and I guess eventually they did get an Indian doctor. But it's like, you have a major city hospital with no Indian people in it. Mm-hmm. Like, how? That's Fam- science fiction. Right. <laughs> like, that's not yeah. even possible. That's never happened <laughs> yeah. in the last fifty years. Like girls being set in Brooklyn, and there's no black people. Yeah, around. or Seinfeld, or whatever. Right? Yeah. Like, there's this like weird. Like, it's just. It's yeah. It's science fiction. Anyway. I just kind of gave up. That was the most depressing thing. I was just like, we're just not going to have it. Mm-hmm. And I had really, I didn't realize how thoroughly I had come to that conclusion. Mm. And I remember when um, the movie for the namesake came out, Jim Lahiri's book, you know, and Cal Penn was leading in it. And it got released, and I don't know, maybe it broke even or something. Like, I mean, you know, it wasn't a hit, but it did okay. And I was just like, wow, this. Because that book was like, and I think a lot of folks I know that are immigrants that read it were like, oh, I learned things about, like in my case, I learned things about my mother that I didn't know before I read that book by reading her novel. Like what? How they how they wait for us. How how and this is a mom thing in general, but I think particularly to immigrant parents is like their expectation around who we are gonna be mm. and how we're sort of thoughtless in trampling their vision of what they thought their child was gonna be because they didn't realize they're gonna have an American kid. Ooh wow. man, this just cut deep. Sorry. This I'm living it. Beautiful. I mean and I have a son, right? And so I think about that all the time is how do I not make my honest and good intention desires for him be a burden to him because whoever he is I want to meet and I'm excited about it Aww. and in that context is to be like oh here's this movie it came out we've arrived this is all we're going to get mm. and that really was my conviction and I didn't realize how thoroughly it was I was like at least it's good mm-hmm. at least it's good and then they did uh, Outsourced which was this I think it was NBC but it was a comedy and it oh, was I remember this. It was a call center comedy and it was it was pure step and fetch it. I mean it mm. was bad. I think I remember this show. Yeah, I mean recent. it didn't last long, but it was yeah. yeah, it was only a couple years ago. And I was just like, oh, like oh man, like we finally like they did a show, they put some Indians in it and this is what we get. Mm-hmm. And it was it was terrible. And then everything turned around. I mean, you had Mindy, you had and just lots of people. I mean, um, a friend of mine, Hari Kondabolu, was a writer on uh, Kamal Bell's show. Mm-hmm. And it just Hard felt funny. like, yeah, he's hysterical. And it was just like, and, he, they're, and then they're all so good. I mean, that's the other thing is that, like, you got to be twice as good. But, like, Mindy and Hari Kondabolu and, like, Aziz, like, they're so good. And I was sort of, like, when Aziz first came out, his stand-up, it just wasn't for me. I was like, mm. like Randy. I was like, nah, <laughs> no. Nah, you I, do a good Aziz. <laughs> thank, thank you. I've been practicing my Indian impressions a long, a long time. And, uh, and I was just like, I get it. It's not my thing. And then to see with Master and None, it's like, oh, there was this much in mm-hmm. there. And, grant, you know, he's older and grew up and it's active evolves and whatever. But I think it's also like, you just take this leap. You're like, I'm only getting this shot. Like, there is not going to be, like, oh, well, we'll give you 15 swings at the bat mm. to do a bunch of failed sitcoms. Like, I think right. of, like, Jerry Seinfeld making B-movie. Mm. Yo! And he can, like, call First in whatever. First of all, we got to pause and talk about B-movie. <laughs> what is B-movie? <laughs> it was, like, an animated movie, right? Yes. I didn't even watch it. So, it's, like, I didn't watch it. I don't know why I'm talking like an expert. <laughs> but Tumblr is obsessed with this movie, so I see it all the time on my yeah. dashboard. Uh-huh. And Jerry Seinfeld is a, a b a bee. He's transformed into oh. a bee. Right. And a it's human... a pun, though. I don't know if you got it. Oh, wait. So he's a bee. It's a bee, bee movie. And it's a movie about a bee. Hey. 
So then it's and he just called in favors. Of like course, they, I got it. I was, <laughs> I, was I was very. I was waiting about... on somebody to stop me. I was like, I'm committed now. I gotta <laughs> no, keep going until somebody. We wanted says to something. hear you explain it. That's fine. Anyway, B movie is about Jerry Seinfeld. As you a get, uh, somehow something happens, but and it, then a human woman falls for him. <laughs> right. There'll be these great so memes questions. on Tumblr. They're like that feeling when <laughs> your wife leaves you for a B. <laughs> Honestly, but it is back to your point, a, like true testament to how much bad things. <laughs> it's like it's so but how it's much like, leeway people have to be bad. Imagine mm. the goddamn meeting. Imagine the meeting. Imagine me. You walk in and it's Jerry Seinfeld, and he's like, "Fellas, first of all, I'm the greatest star in the history of TV. <laughs> Second of all, I'm making a movie, and I'm going to be a B." Right? And everybody looks around. And they're like, "Well, he's a funny guy. He's got to be kidding because uh-huh. yeah. that is a joke." <laughs> And that's not even a funny joke. It's just a bad joke. And then millions of dollars pour in just from every, everybody's just like, let me write you a check out of my pocket to make your B movie because you're Jerry Seinfeld. Yeah. And nobody at any point is like, you know what? This might be bad. (laughs) This might be the worst. My point is all the B movie money should have gone to Indian people. 100%. (laughs) Reparations. Hard agree. Yes. Media reparations (laughs) for Desi people. That's it. 100%. So we're kind of stuck or like just put in a tough spot when you're like very happy obviously to see yourself represented on TV and especially in a good way but you also often feel like you can't really criticize or like at least not in mixed company you know what i mean yes for example the fact that in master of none aziz ansari's character dev only dates this this white woman mhm white women specifically have such a monopoly on the romantic comedy yes. genre mm-hmm. yeah it gets so frustrating and honestly, just like straight up boring. Yeah. yeah. To yeah. see like that same dynamic again. They're not the only women yeah. who date and oh. have problems also, dating. they're not the only like fun, funny, quirky, yeah. goofy, weird. You know what I'm I mean? But saying... they're the only ones who get up, who are no. permitted. Right. Well, you know? it's, it's, it's. I'm not saying Aziz has to cast like an Indian girl. Right. But there's literally so many women who struggle else. with mm-hmm. dating. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. no, it's interesting because I think he was thoughtful enough to say there like there's a lead character that is a black woman that is a full person that's on Word. the show but not a romantic lead Word. and i think there's still a huge amount of sibling. i mean because one of the big and i think about this a lot one of the big challenges for like the south asian community in the u.s in general is how we play with white privilege right because we are like as long as we keep our heads down and we don't talk about it we get in to a certain degree right mm. so we can get into tech and we're not going to get like promoted but we can get yeah in. that's actually something i want to ask you about because so you work a lot around like issues yeah. of diversity in yeah. tech but you've talked about also how indians are over indexed in tech yeah totally so and and, and just kind of closing the loop on the master and none piece is like this one of the things that like indian dudes will signal is like you know what we can get white women mm. and like for the most part now there have been exceptions but tracy's the... sipping her drink yeah <laughs> It's literally Kermit with the team. But, uh, <laughs> but, and for the most part, like, their dads will not, like, bristle when, when the girl brings us home, for the most part. Mm. I've had some exceptions, but mostly not. And so, like, there's some part of that, which is, like, you write this, like, aspirational, you know, here's the Flossin version of me on TV, and I got a white girl. Like, I think that's part of it. And then in tech, so I, I always look at, like, index who is in the tech companies, Google and Facebook and Yahoo versus like, let's say population in California because mm-hmm. they're all in California. Word. What's interesting is the proportion of employees that are white to proportion of Californians that are white is actually about even. Mm-hmm. But of course, like proportion of like tech employees at those major companies who are black is like 1%. Right. Latinos like less than 2%, like rounding error. And the entire gap in between is made up of Asian, mostly Asian men. Hmm. Right, so we over-index in a way that that if if hiring were equitable pushes out uh, really just black and Latino and Native folks, right? Like that's sort of it. So we're complicit in this like anti-black structure and don't ever talk about it. Mm. There's no talk because like the CEO of Google is Indian, the CEO of Microsoft is Indian, the CEO of Adobe is Indian. Like you go down the list, and it's like we're able. And now we're not promoted into management in an equitable way, but like mm-hmm. there is a possibility for advancement. I mean. Outside of Xerox, like, there's no black women in these rooms. Zero, right? Until, like, the 60s and 70s when, like, immigration changed and Indians could come here, there hasn't been any sense of, like, common cause between the issues that that 
Indian and South Asian folks face in the mm. US and what black folks face. And it's like, we're here because black people got us the right to be here, mm. period. I mean, that's who like who changed the civil rights movement so that like Indians could exist in society here. South Asian community doesn't talk about it. And there's like, it's just, they're terrified of it. Mm. And they're afraid of like, and I think part of it is they're like, our position is so precarious. We don't even have a TV show. Mm. So Damn. if we speak up, what happens to us? Because our history is so short. Mm-hmm. Like my dad is about as long as you can be in this country and he's been here 50 years. Mm. Damn. And so people are like, they could just send us all back. That's mm. happened before. You know, like in the in the 1900s when they were making these laws, like the Chinese exclusion, all this stuff, like they just lynched entire towns of Indians that are like, now there's no Indians here anymore, like in, mm. in the Northwest. And so it was like, it was a different thing. And I mean, it obviously doesn't compare to the black experience, but like in terms of like, the ability to actually remove an entire community was mm. a thing. I kind of want to connect this to a, a different question we were thinking about in terms of, even though you are yourself not Muslim, mm-hmm. that doesn't matter. Yeah, America. but I play one at the TSA. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Well, first of all, you travel a lot, so I imagine you interact with TSA a lot. Yeah. I actually, I got um, Global Entry, which is like pre-check. It's like this card where you're like, okay. Exclusive. You... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's whatever the opposite of a black card is. <laughs> and, and they're like, and you go and you give them your fingerprints and their retina scan and whatever. And and they're like, now we probably won't hassle you as much at the airport. So mm. did that work? It has worked sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, like we were, we were going to Canada because you know Canada is like hotbed of terrorism, <laughs> and and like my wife and I got split up and going through security, and I got detained because I always do, mm. and um, and she can like pass for white, and so like she didn't, she just didn't see me because she was separated, and she's like, "Where'd you go?" I was like, "I went to the room." Like that's you <laughs> know, like like you know how I am, Dang. like I would, and Wait, that what the happens room in the where room? the racial profiling happens? <laughs> yeah, you don't. Oh, you, you recently wrote something for Medium. I'm the yeah. most magnanimous motherfucker you know. Yeah, which is a little bit about this yeah. about traveling while brown. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, and I actually don't have it that bad because I know how to signal right. Like, because I can be like, I'm gonna put on a tie, or I'm I'll gonna switch. be yeah, exactly, and I'm I'm gonna be looking at my iPhone and sighing heavily, and they're like, oh, this guy's yeah. a business Got traveler. A meeting to you. <laughs> <laughs> my God. you know, they're like, oh yeah, he's Johnson, like, give me the numbers. <laughs> <laughs> but but the times when I get pulled out, there is no, that 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 hopelessness, and I think I mean I think every kid in this town who's been stopped and frisked knows this. The hopelessness of there is nothing I can do. There is mm, no right. there is no form of respectability I can perform right now mm-hmm. that is going to give me a pass because I can literally be like, look at my iPhone. Here's mm-hmm. a picture of me with the president. Mm. Yeah, and they'll be like, we still got to check you. Word. And I'd be like, do you think your like rent a cop ass at the TSA <laughs> office knows better than than they do down there? Right. And they'll be like, mm, no, but I got to do it. And 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 I don't blame. I'm like, it's a shitty job. Like mm, I'm not, yeah. you know, I can't even be mad at the person who's actually doing that job. But how do you get there to that position? It's like I I, I don't even. That's the thing. Is I don't even know how to fix it. In the mm. moment, I can't do anything because I'm like, I'm not going to miss my flight. I legitimately want to know what happens in the room i've never oh so they take away your phone uh they it depends so like a couple times it's just been asking questions Mm -hmm. where they're like they won't they won't put hands on me or whatever and they'll just be like you know they're they do take away your phone sort of no matter what but they'll just be like where are you going who are you with you know like sort of like pretty deep questions and then um it's usually like 10 15 minutes and you're free to go and that's the (sighs) like we don't want you to miss your flight version I remember one time I was at LAX, I was at a conference, uh, and there was a woman who I'd met at the conference I didn't really know, but like just not an acquaintance, and I had a bunch of like conference swag with me, it was metal, so it's mm-hmm. of the detector, and she made a joke, joke, the TSA, and she was like, oh, he's not a terrorist, he's okay. Wow. And I was Yo. like, I was like, I had my, I had such side eye, I could see out my ear. <laughs> and, 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 and I was just like, do you know what you just said? Nothing happened to her. She's like, do, 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 like, mm. let me go get a latte. And I was like, here it go. Like, here we go. Dang. And, and it was, you know, like they didn't make me strip. They were like, I had a, like a, like a sweater on. They're like, take off your shirt and whatever. And, you know, this is before they did the waistband stuff. So they're just like. What waistband Aggressively, pe- they don't like if you get a secondary screening now, they'll put like two fingers inside your waistband and feel around, or whatever. This is before that, so mm-hmm. like they were just like kind of aggressively patting me down, and I was like, Do I have to tip? <laughs> and, and, oh my god, and, uh, <laughs> sir, get out, <laughs> <laughs> and, and all that. And it was, I mean, it, it actually it was, uh, 
you know, it's humiliating. It's just, it's, it's humiliating. It's, it's like every time you've ever seen, you know, a young black boy who gets stopped and frisked mm. and you see him walk away and he's like, he's clean and like, you can go. Mm. And you see that look on his face where he's just burning. Yeah. And it wasn't that because I don't, like, I'm a man and I have a certain amount of power and I have some redress and whatever. But, like, you feel that little bit of that, that little tickle. And you just, I always think about, like, you see when kids are embarrassed, they cry because mm-hmm. they're so mad. Yeah. And I just, I was right there. And I mean, I was in LA and I was like, <laughs> I'm not missing my flight. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I'm not missing my flight because that, that was actually the only thing that kept it together because mm. you can't do anything. Right. There's no argument you can make. There's no credential you can provide. Mm. There is nothing you can say that makes you a person. A pivot a little bit, even though it's not yeah. really at all. Are you surprised that Donald Trump has made it this far? No. Uh-uh. I've been me, to America. Listen, that's what I'm saying. I feel like the like wave of anti-Muslim sentiment didn't come out of nowhere. Nope. Right. It was carefully <laughs> groomed. Where were y'all at post 9-11? Every time mm-hmm. I go to a train station or an airport, right, they're like, keep an eye out for suspicious packages. Right. Mm. And I'm like, well, I see one with a Confederate flag on it. <laughs> suspicious to <laughs> yeah. me. And, I'm, and I, can't, I can't be like, dear airline, we should, we should let's get this guy off the plane. Yeah. It doesn't happen. And and I mean, I grew up uh, in, in sort of rural suburban Pennsylvania and it was uh, very red county. I have an older sister, and she was, I think, the first person of color in our school district. Oh ever. no! Yeah. No, 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 no. Yeah, yeah. It was like school district. Yes. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That no. means like all the schools. Right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. All Just the making schools. Sure. That doesn't mean something different yeah. to you. I mean, I, here's the thing: it, it, there may have been other kids before, but I think they probably moved out. Mm. And so, and we were, and I mean, we were in junior high when the first black family moved in, and they got a cross burned on their yard. Mm. And this was in the '80s. Like oh, this I was is about to yeah. ask what year that was. Yeah, That's crazy. so this is I mean, like this is like I'm who I am. So I'm always like, okay, this was like after Michael Jackson Bad came out. So it must have been '87. <laughs> so like that's my. I index. love that your time frames are in terms of Michael Jackson albums. Well, usually they're by Prince albums, but that just <laughs> so you can you can call it Sign of the Times and Love Sexy, or you can call it Bad, but it's '87, '88. Mm. It's around that time, and of course, like you know, we're terrified too. It's like, look, I'm you know. I'm on that. I know what side of the paper bag I'm on, <laughs> and, and I know whose daughters I'm going home with. Ooh, but but the oh, uh, bloop, bloop, sorry. Well, because you had to know, mm. you had to know, right? You had to know how their parents are going to react, and that just stayed with me. Was like this sense of like, you know, I don't belong here. And I remember, I remember coming to New York City as a teenager, and then eventually when I moved here when I was like 21, and I was like. Oh, this is where I'm supposed to be. Maybe a new people. Yeah, it's like this is all my people. Oh my god. <laughs> so I would describe you as yeah, you're pretty woke. You're, you're pretty woke. I hope I'm trying. I yeah. Mean, um, I like I said, I got a child. Speaking of this child of yours, mm. <laughs> what are you going to teach him about race and women and feminism? Oh, because I feel like every man who is not horrible has a duty. Mm-hmm. Once he has a child, Absolutely. especially a son, to make sure that he grows up to also be so not, not horrible. Be trash. Yeah. I feel like he's in good hands. It's a low but like, bar. yeah. But yeah, like what's, yeah. What's what's your blueprint? For, I, I don't know. For this? I mean, I was born to be trash, right? Like Indian men. <laughs> Indian men are not raised to like love and respect women. Like I was the first person in the history of my family to go on a date. Wow. Like, my parents had an arranged marriage, and everybody back for twenty generations did. So mm. like, there wasn't some template. And my sister, I mean, she's the reason that I'm even moderately redeemed as a human because she's like, you know, an anthropologist and a feminist and like just taught me about the world. Good. But, you know, I also in my 20s thought I was the good guy and was probably reprehensible, you know. <laughs> Is there anything in particular you look back on where you're like, what was that? What? Just that I was so full of myself, like that, like maximum mansplainer guy. I mean, I'm still. <laughs> yeah. Are you a recovering mansplainer? I, I, I haven't I recovered think very all well. All men are. Oh my god! It's if a matter of channeling. Recovery it, is a matter of. Uh, I just directed at men now. That's like kind of the only difference. <laughs> Good. Yeah. Um, but I mean, you clearly think a lot about race, yeah. and you're very smart about it. Like, how do you teach your son about that? Well, I think actually to the to the feminism point with my son, what I realized was what I was screwing up is I could tell him everything and. I know what to say because I worked in media and I'm like literate and whatever. But I didn't do the dishes half the time. Mm. You know, my wife pointed it out and I was like, this is true. I'm not doing the dishes half the time and I'm not doing half the cooking. Mm. 
you know, she's a startup founder. She's an entrepreneur. She's an ass kicker. Like she's got a life. Like that's all the education he needs about this is what a woman can be. Like, I don't ever mm. worry about that part. I think the, not as like excuse, but as explanation, I was like, oh, but like being raised as an Indian man, they're not like, you're going to wash dishes. Mm-hmm. Like that does not come up. I'm still working on it. Like it's still a lot of introspection, but I talked to my son about it. I'm like, what do we do after we, you know, make dinner? We clean up. I think that's actually, it. and it's, I mean, it sounds so like low bar, but like, he already sees from, you know, my wife, like his mom is like an entrepreneur and an ass kicker and, you know, a creative force. And, and like that part is actually the thing that I think about is like, how can I be 2% less reprehensible every day? <laughs> you know, and that's and a beautiful goal. Thank you. For men. Yeah. <laughs> We could do this forever, <laughs> but I think it is time to move on to pew, pew, pew. Pew, 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 Don't know if you've heard the show before, but this is our rapid fire question segment. I'm the biggest fan, so yes, I have. Oh, Aww. my gosh. Really? I was just trying to get you to say that you were a big fan. Oh, my God. That's true. <laughs> Go me. Okay. Question number A. How do you feel about squirrels? Oh, God. I've thought about this so much. So, <laughs> the... On principle, I object to rodents across the board. On okay. principle. <laughs> On principle. And squirrels are rats with fuzzy tails. That's mm. just fact. That being said, they behave in ways that are not as horrible as most other rodents. So they're sort of the most acceptable of the vermin that you would have live around your home. <laughs> you know what? That's a fair answer, I will say. Uh, but why do you have to accept any vermin that lives around your home? You don't have to do that. You sound to, like an apologist to me. I'm trying to. I'm trying to detach myself from worldly concerns. So that's. that's... <laughs> you know, I don't have a. I don't have a comeback for that. Um, what is your favorite type of mango? Oh my God! Ah. Uh, you this know is, we're a mango enthusiast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I proposed to my wife uh, by giving her a mango. because Excuse me, what? Yeah, because <laughs> mangoes are serious business. This is true. The U.S. <laughs> didn't allow importing Indian mangoes for like 50 years. And then there was a trade of like nuclear secrets. Oh my God. And then <laughs> we mangoes? Get the mangoes? mangoes. And Yo, I was like, that like this a is me. worth it. This is 100% That is incredible. It. My mom's favorite mango is Alfonso. So that's definitely up there for me. Mm-hmm. Um, Quesar mangoes are great, especially for the pulp. Uh, so the thing that matters is to get the variety of them. Because like what we have is mangoes are basically all like the red, delicious, mushy apple mm-hmm. of mangoes. And so to have <laughs> yeah, like real mango mangoes. Game, yeah. So like go How out. How does to, one up one? mango go game. to queens go to like patel That's brothers so mm. get a case of mangoes like save up because it's going to be like 30 dollars for a case of mangoes <laughs> and they come into season like march or so and yeah. um i literally like the year that they came out i was like i don't like i would spend my last penny on this like they're so good so <laughs> it matters or like where they're from and how fresh they are and that you're not getting that same red yellow mango you see it like mm. you know the giant supermarket path i have not been living Yo. So um, Queens is lit, yo. Yeah, I need to the mango scene. Yeah, I really do. Mango party. <laughs> I um do not believe in love. I think it's a lie. Oh. <laughs> However, oh. oh my, no, it's a it's a farce. Just hmm. settle, marry for money. Hmm. But tell us, like, I want to hear like the story of how you proposed with a mango. Oh, we were uh, walking up Second Avenue. We, it was the Fourth of July in two thousand four. We had like snuck up on a rooftop to see the fireworks. Oh. Uh, and it was like half obstructed view. I <laughs> That's how it always happens on the 4th of July. Because I don't plan ahead and I'm incompetent. <laughs> and we went to Veselka and we had some dinner. And I was like, uh, yeah, I think we're going to, I have to marry this girl. So did you have the mango in your pot? No. Yeah, like and so, we wa- so we walked into a bodega. Uh, and I just walked in and I was like, uh, I'm gonna buy this mango, <laughs> and that was that was literally. It was not like it was not. It was just like this is. I, well, and what had happened was that. I, I, what had happened was, <laughs> I used to, I used to live real close to by there, and the first night I lived in New York City, I was like terrified and scared, and I didn't know anybody, and I was broken, and didn't have a job, couldn't sleep, and I got up at three in the morning, and I had been to that same bodega. At three in the morning, they were unloading mangoes. And they weren't good ones, but they were okay. Mm-hmm. And my hometown, we hadn't had mangoes. My mom was so excited when I was in junior high and they started importing mangoes. Oh cause, my God. Because we were so, it was so, yeah, it was so foreign. And I just thought, I can get up anytime in this place <laughs> and have a mango. 
like Live fresh it. off the truck. I, the I, I am where I belong. Like, I'm going to be okay. <laughs> and that thought of like, this is where I belong and I'm going to be okay. And like a mango from that bodega, that was it. And I was like, this is what I want to give oh to you. Oh my God, I'm going to cry. <laughs> that was beautiful. This is disgusting. <laughs> you were so gross. Thank you. You're welcome. Ugh. Um, I don't know how to transition from that. I never said that out loud before. That's kind of embarrassing, but that's oh the truth. Oh my god, that's, that's very beautiful. Let's let's transition very crudely. <laughs> 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 what is the douchiest thing you've ever heard a venture capitalist say? Oh my god, there's that's so many all options. The depth. Oh god, there's just so much. Where do you even start? Um. Or maybe like categories of comments. Yeah, <laughs> sort of, yeah. There's a thing. There's actually a thing where. You go into a meeting, and this is like whether it's VCs or just like the sort of tech leaders in general, like these important dudes, where they seem okay and they're like thoughtful and they're like, we don't <laughs> care about these markets and we want to do this stuff and we have to be, you know, user centric. And then the only woman in the office is the admin and she'll come in and you'll see the guy maybe grunt, but maybe not even use a word to indicate that he wants like coffee or snack or whatever. Literal snapping of fingers. No! Literal snapping of fingers. And you're just like, oh shit, you had me. Because the thing for me is like, I can Uh. be the only, like I can be in a room full of all guys. Uh And... And they don't know that I'm like the betrayer of the patriarchy. <laughs> and, and and you sneak in and you feel like, oh man, like, you know, they're gonna catch me. <laughs> and and so they don't know. And so like they're mostly being decent because people are decent most of the time. And then it slips for a second, and you're like, you see behind the mask, you're like, oh my God, like this guy <laughs> Jesus. doesn't even see this woman as human. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, uh. So that's the thing. It's not even a word. It's just that look, and mm. you're just like, oh, you just you just showed me the whole game. Uh, god damn god damn i know <laughs> let's let's pep this up yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, happy note for you ava would you rather for you oh no oh no oh no no this is a good one possibly the best one yet okay wow would you rather <laughs> have glow in the dark body hair or only be permitted to use sour cream and onion scented deodorant what mm. <laughs> I haven't heard this I question before. Oh, clearly, oh, in the dark body hair, uh-huh. sour cream and onion scented deodorant. Mm-hmm. So, this is actually like more a question of how I feel about my wife than it is actually for me. Because like mm-hmm. me, I'm just like I just gotta face it. Like that's just that's mm-hmm. I don't have to deal with it. But what does my wife have to put up with? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. It's like I still yeah um, love it. South Asian people in general are are not lacking in body hair. Mm. So I think I probably would choose the, the, the sour cream and onion because, like, I actually think people would just get used to it after a while. Mm. <laughs> like, there's that thing where you're, like, you're with somebody or whatever, and you're just like, yeah, well, like, he smells. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, you're just like, what are you going to do? Like, that's my, that's my man. He stinks. <laughs> oh, no. I would definitely go for glow-in-the-dark body hair. All right. I think it would be fun. It's good to know. But, mm, no, I, yeah, I think that's I'd go sour cream. That's a grim choice. Yeah. Really? Yeah. But you know how you go to like skating rinks, like when you was little, <laughs> and they had the black light, and everybody was like, "Oh my gosh, my shirt's glowing, it's so cool." Look at my teeth. Same thing, only all the time. <laughs> your hair glows in the dark. That's, That's too not, much. No, nope. no one needs party that. poopers. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so we're gonna take a little pause to hear a little bit from our sponsor, and when we come back, we're gonna have a fun game for y'all. Hey, game time! Danielle, you ready? Yikes! Uh, no, it's great. It's fun. Oh. Okay. <laughs> Game time, hanging out in the studio. Let's pay some bills. Before you leave us, Anil, mm-hmm. we have crafted a little game for you. Yikes. That we honestly need your help on. Okay. <laughs> Think of this like Shark Tank. Oh shit! It's more like like Guppy Tank. <laughs> there aren't precisely there aren't quite any sharks. Maybe that's the name of the segment. <laughs> Guppy Tank. Guppy Tank. <laughs> okay, we know you know a lot about uh-huh. the tech world, about just product oh, world, no. etc. So we're gonna pitch you a few things. <laughs> yes. We're gonna ask you to step to the other side of the pitch meeting and guess whether the product or app or whatever is real. Or came from our minds. <laughs> <laughs> All right. The product is called. <laughs> the product is called UCA. 
which stands for United Condiments of America. UCA, United Condiments of America. Yes. It's essentially one big condiment bottle <laughs> that stores several different condiments. Wait now. All right. So I got a bottle. It's got mayo, ketchup, yes. mustard, all Sriracha, that. Sriracha, honey, it. mustard. You know those pens dressing. that had like four different colors? Yes. This, yeah. That this, with condiments. but with condiments. <laughs> is that real? <laughs> is uh-huh. that real or did one of us make that? Yeah, uh, I don't. I don't think it is real, but I wish it was. Right? Yeah. Like, right. I would I would definitely, So Tracy like, definitely made that up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that is such a yeah. good idea. Yeah. I would love like, it. Like, I would definitely have QVC regret ordering that. <laughs> I would definitely. For sure. But everything's in one place. Yeah. It's a great idea. It's a good idea. I would, yes. If I had money, can, I would write you a check for that. We can end this segment right now. Really, that's <laughs> all I needed to hear. So this next idea <laughs> is a combination fan and Roomba. So peep this. Peep this. <laughs> so the number one thing that's annoying about fans is like, you know, they can move from side to side. Or maybe if you get a lot of motion, they're doing up and downs. <laughs> but in general, it's stationary. And the situation, you can circulate some air, but it's not enough. Mm, no. So a Roomba no. will be going around that's, in addition to the fan. It is called the Froomba. <laughs> It's uh, it's not, it's not real because it's not a good idea. It's a bad idea. No, it's a great idea. <laughs> you guys aren't down with Fruba. Guess whose idea that was? Oh my god, it's such a good idea, guys. No, it's really. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. No, I would rather have a Roomba with a bottle of condiments of all condiments <laughs> on top of it that just brought. Yo, me. so when you at the barbecue, exactly. And you can't, the condiments you come like, to you. I need, yes! I need three kinds of hot sauce right now. Uh, and you don't want to ask Leroy to pass it down because nope. you know he's going to use it first. And you're like, yo, my chicken's getting like. My yeah. chicken's are what? My chicken's getting cold. I don't know. Anyway, Mr. Dash, yes. is this an actual idea that someone had and expected to get money for? Ooh, or ooh. is this just an idea that we think is cool mm-hmm, that we made mm-hmm. up? Little Eats. Eats with a Z. <laughs> this sounds like a terrible rapper. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Lil Eats, uh, uh, yeah. That's, uh. that's yeah. That's like a like Louisiana rapper. Like <laughs> it's no young Hieronymus. I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> so the basic idea is you have little treats for you and your pet. So like matching snacks. <laughs> yes. So the same treat that your dog eats, you can also eat it. So the idea is if your dog is eating off your plate, mm-hmm. it won't die because mm-hmm. it's not chocolate. <laughs> it won't die. Can I tell y'all a secret? Mm-hmm. Like, Okay, so <laughs> once, <laughs> this is about the time that I tasted one of those begging strips for dogs. Why Why did you, why? Great I don't even question. have a sentence. <laughs> Great question. Why and how? I don't know. I had one in my hand. I was like, you know what? It smells like bacon. That's not. Does it really taste uh, like bacon? Your decision making yeah. process there was flawed. Flawed. On that basis, I think. On that basis, I think Lilith's. I mean, I, I don't know. I think white folks do let their dogs eat off their plates, right? Like that's a thing. Yeah, but you can't always like eat the same food, or like the dog is not supposed to eat what you eat. Well, yeah, what is your verdict, Anil? Uh, the I, I'm certain that product exists because people will buy any damn thing for their pets. You are ding, correct. Ding, ding, yes. ding, ding, ding. Uh, it exists in several locations. <laughs> yeah, that's not. Oof. The next thing is a social media network where people <laughs> finally can subtly let you know that you're ashy. Oh, that's necessary. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't that be so great? Oh, that's good. It's uh, like a poke on Facebook. Yeah, it's uh, just like, like poke a, you in the knee. You don't want to put them on blast. Yeah. Right. No, you just want to be like, yo, bro. I, that's love. You want yeah, some cocoa that's butter? Not, yeah. Right, yeah, it's, right. I want more social media right. that comes from this good right, right. That should if you be wanna, the name of the app. That's yeah, love. That's love. Because mm-hmm. if you... If you publicly say they're ashy, that's a whole different... We already got Twitter for that. Yeah. Right, right, like, right. That's not... <laughs> like, that's fine. The ashy police. <laughs> yeah. That's... No, you need... That's necessary. You need mm-hmm. to be able to... T- I, I don't think that exists, but I think it should. Call me Silicon Valley uh, because whoa. that was a great idea I had. Yes. That's a fantastic Today. idea. That is a zero billion dollar idea. <laughs> You know, if there are more black people in Silicon Valley, <laughs> right. they'd be concerned. Hey, 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 Indians get ashy too. <laughs> this is true. This is true. You're right. You're right. Thank you for entertaining this. Yes. <laughs> I feel yes. closer to you both. You as well. This um, is... I'm excited to pitch even more ideas to you. <laughs> it's a long list. 
<laughs> An away message, but for life. Windshield wipers for your glasses. That's mm-hmm. not your best work. <laughs> <laughs> Are you kidding me? That yeah, is a good also, idea. They have like a fog, it's a compliment fog, to the rest defogger. of your work. That's <laughs> also, you know also <laughs> Uber for babies. Uber for babies. You're just on your phone and you're like, I want a baby. <laughs> but only for a little bit. It's a Boober. branding challenge. It's Boober. 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 <laughs> I already thought of the name. Sorry. Oh, sorry. <laughs> last one, TM. last one. Um, <laughs> an app that lets you find the nearest person to you with a dashiki on. <laughs> you know, you're black in middle America. You just need to get safe. <laughs> you just, just want to like, meet your folks. Yes. It, it'll be called dashiki me. Dashiki me. <laughs> we need the Indian version, like the sari finder. Yes. yes. Oh my God, this is yes. a great app. Wow. We'll, Thanks. We'll, we'll talk. We'll talk All right. about Thanks it. for the support. Thank you. <laughs> this is very, very inspiring. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for chopping it up with us, Anil. Where can the people find your work? Uh, Anil-.com uh, is where most of my stuff online lives. And if you make apps and stuff, check out Makerbase. That would be cool. And you also do the Twitters. Yes. I am on Twitter as Anil Dash. I'm always surprised when people can do like meaningful conversations on Twitter. Mm. <laughs> I feel like you do that well. You have a lot of them. I'm trying. Good job. We Keep appreciate you, sir. Thank you. Tracy. Wit. It's time for a round. Oh my gosh, I'm it's really excited about my round today. Ooh, who are you buying a round for? I am buying a round for each and every person who takes a medicine for some sort of Oh mood my God, God bless thing. Tracy. So today is my very, very first day on a new medicine for my ADD. It finally got bad enough that I finally went to the doctor for it. I'm very proud of myself. But you know what I discovered is that I still like even as comfortable as I am with like being open and talking about like taking a pill for my mm. anxiety, there's still some of it, like the shameful stigma yeah, that like real. has around, you know? This is not a medicine that you just take when you have like a big paper to write or something so that you can focus in the moment. Mm. I have to take it like every day. Yeah. And so like I sat down and I was like, man, I'm taking two different like medicines to get my brain together. Mm. And I felt like bad for a second. I was like, ugh, you know, I don't want this to be like I just got settled with like taking one pill every yeah. day in my life. Now I gotta do it all over again with two. Listen, I joined the club a few weeks ago. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> it's working out. Good. Well, at least I'm in good company. The first visit that you take to your doctor to get a new medicine mm. is going to be followed up with several more because, yeah. like, the medicine management thing, like getting the dosage right, and you have to pay oh, attention to your side effects and what's going on is a lot. It's and we jumped stressful. through, yeah, we jumped through so many hoops just to like get that together and feel better. Yeah. And somebody needs to buy around for us because I mean, it's, oh my god, yes, it's a lot. It's so much. And the best part though is like once you finally do find like the right combination or whatever, the right dosage your life becomes so much easier because there are fewer hurdles you have to jump. Then the thing, the line of thinking becomes, how did I do this oh my by God. myself for Yo. so long? And actually, you know what? Shout out to people who may be dealing with or suffering from anxiety, depression, whatever, who could probably benefit from medicines, but who aren't on them right now. Like this shit is hard with medicine. I know. So without it, man, listen, and this isn't me like telling anybody to run out and get medicine. All I'm saying is I appreciate y'all. I get it. I understand the struggle. Hang in there. Have a round on me. I never feel more like a just a just a dumb mammal <laughs> than when I'm trying out new meds. Uh, like if you just put different chemicals in me, yeah. I'll be like an entirely different personality. Yeah. It's And it's kind of scary when you think I about know. it, you know? We are putting everything listen. on the line to be happy. Oh, that was sad and depressing. <laughs> Hope your round is funner. Uh, it is. Yay! <laughs> Who are you buying around for? Or what are you buying around for? I would like to buy around for fake eyelashes. <gasps> yes! <laughs> They're so fun. They are so fun. So I always just never thought about them because that seemed like so much work. I can't even paint my nails. <laughs> I don't have the dexterity for freaking eyelashes. Right. You have to have like glued near the little holes yeah, in your I was eye like, that make you I just, see. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I always assumed it was not for me. And then one day, uh, humble brag a little bit, the oh. little fashion shoe. Go ahead and flex. Go ahead and flex. <laughs> and she put fake eyelashes on me and I felt like a different person. I felt like my Sasha Fierce came out. <laughs> Did she have a name? Oh. Your Sasha Fierce? Oh, what is my inner Sasha Fierce sound like? Probably like Patty Chayefsky. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing crazy. Oh my God. Like a more fabulous version. <laughs> right. <laughs> Anyways, 
Real talk. <laughs> I think I understand smizing now. <laughs> because of the lashes? Okay, there's something so much, like, I love makeup so much. Mm-hmm. I, I was never at this point, like, even a few years ago. I never thought I, I would be the kind of person who loves makeup. Mm-hmm. It's just so much fun. It's a lot of fun. I think a lot about what Audie Cornish said in our interview with her about, like, the armor you wear. Yeah. When it's you're warping. facing the world. Yeah. That is what my bright red lipstick is. Uh-huh. That is what my fake eyelashes are. Aww. There's something about being like super, super femme. Yeah. Where you're like actually batting your eyelashes. <laughs> <laughs> and it's always so dramatic. It's so dramatic. But you know I love me some drama. <laughs> <laughs> I know, girl. I know. <laughs> but here's my thing. They're hard to put okay, on. Okay, okay. So, uh, oh, I am with you. I am with you a thousand percent. <laughs> this is why I don't even do my own nail polish. <laughs> While the makeup artist was doing it, I was like, this is incredible, but this is obviously not a look yeah. I can recreate in my casual life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I tried it again. Mm-hmm. I had a, a pair of fake eyelashes. A pair. <laughs> had a pair had in a the pair. back. <laughs> <laughs> I had fake eyelashes that I just kept saving for a special occasion. Mm-hmm. One of my New Year's resolutions is to stop saving things for special occasions. Yes, that is a beautiful because, resolution. I don't know. Like being alive is a special occasion. Hell yeah. I was like, fuck it. I'm going to put them on just to go out one weekend. Mm-hmm. And it was a it was a dexterity struggle. Uh-huh. But if you're patient, and honestly, I really like how patient makeup makes me. Mm-hmm. Like how much time and preparation and like just you can honestly like meditate while you're putting on your makeup. Uh-huh. That's true. So I... I carefully, <laughs> not well, but carefully put on these lashes and I look great. What? The glue is a serious situation, so don't get crazy with the glue. Listen, I could tell you how many times I have super glued my own fingers together. <laughs> Listen, that's what I'm saying. I keep I'm acetone not trying to super glue my eyes shut. in my apartment just for the, because I know it's going to happen again. I know it is. Round four, super femme, super luxurious, like for no reason things. Aww. Do you remember... <laughs> You remember when we did the photo shoot and we had our lashes and the next day we were like, we'll just leave them on. Yo. And we so got we were- to work and we would just dress normally with these big ass <laughs> eyelashes. We're like, yo, I didn't think this through. <laughs> That's exactly how I felt. I was like, okay, I don't have to save things for special occasions, but you know, can it can't be that casual. <laughs> we were like, these lashes look so great. We'll save them for one more day. <laughs> Like, yo, why are you in the office looking like Jordans with these big ass lashes? But they're so much fun. Highly recommend it, guys. Have fun with makeup. Shout out to the armor we all wear. Yo, Tracy, we did it. Oh my God. (laughs) I know. That was so fun. Anil is so smart and fun to talk to. I cannot wait to meet his Stevie Wonder singing child. Okay. Shout out to Neil Dash. Shout out to Anil Dash's child, who will soon be our podcast baby. Podcast baby! <laughs> As always, we got to give a big shout out to the Pod Squad. Pod Squad! Yes! <laughs> this podcast is produced by Eleanor Kagan, Yay. editorial oversight from Jenna Weiss Berman, and production help from Julia Furlan and Meg Kramer. Hey. <laughs> Thank you to Power West at Argo Studios. We've missed you so much. Thank you to our in-house musicians, Miss Jean Gray. You can follow her on Twitter at Jean Greasy. And to Don Will of the Almighty Tanya Morgan, you can follow him on Twitter at D-O-N-W-I-L-L. The streets are saying that Don Will is starting to get noticed at local Brooklyn functions <laughs> because of our show. So you're welcome. The streets are saying this. The streets have said this. That's how me and the streets had some tea. Oh, my God. <laughs> Thank you to Optimus Prime. Shout out to the Tracy. Yay, Vibe Vixen of the Week. Always. The Vibe Vixen <laughs> of my heart. Aww. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, speaking of Valentine's Day, don't forget, gift contests. Send us all. Yes, send us your gifs. You can enter the contest at studio360.org and they have all the information there. We are the judges, so come correct. Bring your A game and get <laughs> laughed at on Twitter. <laughs> no, that, I'm I mean, joking. that won't happen. We won't laugh at you on Twitter. Uh, but we'll appreciate the effort. <laughs> <laughs> Please hit us on the buzz. On Twitter and Facebook at Another Round. You can email us at anotherround at buzzfeed.com. And if you like the show, rate us on iTunes. Tell a friend. Tell your mom. Uh, tell the ghost of Patty Chayefsky. <laughs> <laughs> if only he could see me now. If only. Call your mom. I really don't know why his name was stuck in my head. I don't. I don't even know who that is. Why do you even know who that is? I. 
you know, I like TV a lot. Uh huh. So I just know stuff sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> but this one specific thing. <laughs> he is the man that gave us the phrase, I'm mad as hell and I'm not going to take it anymore. I know that dude. Yeah. From the movie network. Don't forget to take your meds, y'all. Drink some water. Call your moms. Floss. Yes, floss. Y'all get some good floss yet? It's very important. <laughs> um, uh, indulge your candle game. Ooh, candles. Yes, I just bought some more yesterday. Ooh, you know what else you should do? Mm. Go take take you like $30. Mm-hmm. Go to like a TJ Maxx or a Marshalls in the home goods section and get one of those like abnormally soft blankets. <laughs> But listen, this is important. Get the king size one. It is oh my God. so big and it's so soft. Tracy, you, and you have can never wrap lied. Up <laughs> so tightly that you can really feel just cut off from the rest of the world. It is oh the my God. best thing in the world. This is the best advice I've ever heard. Yes. <laughs> Treat yourself, y'all. Don't let don't let winter get you down. Fight the good fight. I don't know. I'm leaving. We love you. Bye. Bye. Another thing my sister trolled me into doing, mm-hmm. we had to share a room. We had bed, uh, bunk beds. Mm-hmm. Somehow she trolled me into owning the territory that included the door when we split our room. So I had to jump from my section <laughs> to leave the room. And for some reason, I just went along with it. Your sister sounds diabolical. I'm into you it. You know, in retrospect, I was, uh, I'm was i honestly pretty impressed. <laughs> Getting your sister to convince herself that she has to jump a certain height <laughs> to exit her bedroom that you share with her. Cause just because you want a monopoly on the door. Yeah, I'm voting for her. I'm Yo, her shout in. out to sisters. Yay, sisters.